This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. PTB Wrestling Network, friends and family, happy Halloween. Because uh, if you're listening to this, it's Halloween. We are uh, we posted this on the feed on Halloween. And uh, happy October 31st. I hope you have a safe one if you have a wonderful family with Wonderful children, or even teenagers, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't stop trick-or-treating until I was 18. Of course, when you trick-or-treat in high school, your priorities change a little bit. But I did it, and we had a lot of fun. But tonight, we're not going to talk about trick-or-treating. We're going to talk about something safe and fun, like dying on the top of a building with a truck. Because there's nothing safer than that. It is time for the Wrestle Tracks. I'm your co-host, Scott Scolo. Join me as always, Mr. Greg Dean. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing a bit good, Scott. I think you're having a better night tonight than Brian Dable, to be honest. Oh, Jesus. God, Scott Bruner couldn't have made that game any better today. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, good to have you, Greg. So, as you know, WrestleTracks uh, is a complete interactive you-pick show. Greg and I just do the show. We don't pick them. We pick the theme. We don't pick the show. So, this week, uh, this month for October... 
if you went to the uh, Place to Be group page, uh, we posted three. Of course, we weren't going to do, you know, obviously, October, we're doing Halloween Havoc. We weren't doing, you know, No Mercies or Hell in a Cells or whatever. We were doing Halloween Havoc. So we put three Halloween Havocs, 1989, 1995, and 1997. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I wanted 1997 to win. <laughs> I was praying for a little Ray Eddy action uh, and such. My cohort here was begging for a little uh, fornicating of the Yeti. And guess what? He won. You wonderful listeners. Thank you always for your support. I believe 47% picked Halloween Havoc 1995. So tonight we are going to the Kobo to watch a guy get killed and a Yeti hump Hogan. <laughs> Killing and humping. That's what we're doing tonight. <laughs> I. Is this on the Spice Channel tonight, Scott? Exactly. We're on Viewer's Choice. <laughs> the Playboy Channel. All right. So uh, if you're on uh, the cock, speaking of uh, Spice Channel, um, and you have Halloween Havoc 1995 queued up, uh, we are about to fire it up in three, two, one. All right. So we get the spooky generic, not generic, but spooky and, you know, crappy, <laughs> CGI garbage uh, <laughs> open. Uh, my God, how young Paul White looks. And and we also remember, uh, Greg, that this is when Hogan was in his pre-NWO wearing black phase because um, he wanted to find his dark side or whatever the hell that was. Oh, yeah, because remember they shaved his mustache. Yes, and uh, shaved his mustache, and he was wearing black, and he had a... He had a... Um, a do-rag. A do-rag and a neck brace and everything was all weird. So we had the Hulkster truck, the giant truck, and we were at Cobo Hall in um, in Detroit, Michigan for Halloween Havoc 1995. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Greg. I don't totally remember the rest of this show. I have not looked at the card ahead of time. Oh, no. So I'm kind of excited yeah. that I have not watched this show and probably – Let's see. When the WWE Network first launched, I think I watched all the WCW pay-per-views in order. So it's probably been at least, say, I would say, about eight years since I last watched this show. So yeah. this oh, should be a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, we are at Joe Lewis Arena tonight. Uh, the Sumo Monster Truck match is being held at Cobo Hall. Oh, funny you should mention that because I could have sworn that that uh, so WWF only gave a shit about sharing arenas uh, for the Garden because obviously they didn't care about. Um, sharing anywhere else because I could have sworn that the Joe was, you know, strictly a uh, WWF place. Now, having said that, uh, this is right in the middle of an eight-year gap between pay-per-views at. Um, Ooh, we got the monster trucks. This is already starting. Yeah, well, they've got. Yeah, they're practicing. I guess it's a practice run. This is crazy. That's nuts. Uh, so Joe Louis Arena, of course, is a bastion of WWF, too. Uh, they um, we had Survivor Series 1991. And then WWF didn't come back here for a pay-per-view until eight years later for Survivor Series 1999. So and I thought Coincidentally, also a pay-per-view headlined by Paul White. That is true, although that one was more by accident. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we had four dark matches. 
We had four dark matches on this show. Um, or Usually. on main event. Yeah, main event. Main event. There really was no such thing as a dark match, at least. So, very strange main event. Uh, main event matches. So, we Eddie Guerrero defeated Disco Inferno. Paul Orndorff defeated the Renegade. Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko, who pretty much just arrived in the company, defeated uh, the Blue Bloods, Lord Stephen Regal and Earl Robert Eaton. And then Sergeant Craig Pittman defeated VK Wall Street. Um, so that was the start of, uh, that was the uh, main event matches uh, before the show. Um, our first match uh, of the evening is actually a title match. Um I didn't realize we were. Oh, I guess they're doing a little. Uh, yeah, pre- backstory. Backstory of not necessarily our first match, but a match uh, later on in the evening. Uh, but we all know what happens here. Um, oh, this is. Oh, I remember this. This is when Johnny B. Bad was supposed to fight Sting, and Johnny B. Bad was late coming to the arena. Yes. And, and we learned that it was DDP who was responsible. Yep. I love you, Brian Pillman. So we had Pillman still resplendent in his uh, in his Hollywood Blondes gear. Um, obviously, Steve Austin had been gone for a while. He was already doing stuff in uh, ECW at this point. So now we have an interview with... <laughs> <laughs> the grease monkey Johnny B. Bad. Johnny's like, oh man, I had car trouble, Gene. I had a biggest ass flat. I got run over by a monster truck. <laughs> of course, there's uh, DDP, who is actually our world television champion. There's uh, Kimberly and uh, Max Muscle. Max Muscle. Looks like Jason from ECW. Um, So Johnny B. Bad um, was supposed to, of course, face uh, DDP for the television title. It was going to be our opening match. This is from WCW Saturday night, I'm guessing, earlier in the evening. Now he's pissed off at Max Muscle, and we get a slap, and here we go. So, oh, uh, so our opener uh, tonight from Detroit for the WCW World Television Championship, your champion Diamond Dallas Page against the challenger Johnny B. Bad. And I did always like the uh, I did always like the Halloween Havoc sets. They were always quite awesome. There is Kimberly, who's hot as hell. Um, I gotta say though, these fucking unitard things that DDP has on look absolutely stupid. <laughs> oh honest. yeah, they were absolutely idiotic looking, but I get it. He wasn't like you know totally buff. He wouldn't look that good for a while. Of course, Kimberly was the Diamond Doll, and I don't think anybody knew she was. They were married. Maybe they did. I don't know. They probably I did. Didn't. Yeah, I don't know if it was on the the uh, you know the the you know Meltzer or any of them ever knew that. But in any event. So, of course, DDP was mostly a manager early on, but kind of got into the swing of things as a singles wrestler by this time in 94, 95, and he won the uh, television title. 
uh, earlier in the year. Um, of course, tonight, Thorm yeah. the Renegade, who that uh, that fucking experiment shit the bed, uh. and he was now put on the uh, on the. Not only was he on the, not only was he put on the pre-show or on main event, he couldn't even beat, you know, all atrophied up Paul Orndorff. Oh God! <laughs> so that's that's kind of sad. I do like that uh, DDP is mocking uh, <laughs> Johnny B. Bad by using his boomstick, which is pretty funny. Um, so, of course, tonight, as we do with all of our wrestle tracks, our third episode, uh, we are going to um, we're going to give you what's what was going on in pop culture in uh, November, or I'm sorry, October of 1995. Uh, NFL, Major League, ba- of course, the Major League playoffs, baseball playoffs. Um, the two uh, winter teams in this city, meaning the Detroit Red Wings, and who had a very good season. We'll get to that. And the uh, Pistons. Um, and uh, we'll let you know how the Lions are doing. The Tigers, as usual, are terrible. Um, and uh, the movies that were going on that were out in uh, the fall of 95. So, um, I believe also uh, Johnny B. Bad also was less androgynous by this point. Of course, we have a faker in the hall, in the aisle, because right behind DDP is Johnny B. Bad. So he uh, snuck in, and here we go. Our opener of this pepper view. Uh, What I was saying was Johnny B. Bad is much less androgynous as he was, say, like three years earlier, even two years earlier. He kind of looks more like wild man Mark Marrow <laughs> at this point. Um, kind of pretty much dresses like he would be when he would arrive in the uh, in the WWF, uh, you know, six months later. Um. Should be ha- note, uh, Scott, that mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months ago I did get a uh, Bendham, WWF Bendham of Wild Man Mark Marrow. Ah, did you really? I didn't yes, really I do did. it. Five <laughs> bucks. Nice. And, and at a card show, I got uh, one of those old WCW trading cards signed by Johnny B. Bad that I got at a card show for five bucks. Nice. It has a COA and everything. So That's that's awesome. I see in front of, uh, like JR and I used to do for the Raws, I always try to check out what you can tell who the hot sports teams are based on jerseys, and I saw a uh, a gentleman in the second row there with a very swank white Troy Aikman. We will speak more of him and his team a little bit later on. Um, and now we work. Now we're working over a little armbar action. Nick Patrick, your referee. Yeah, I, I could have sworn that this show was the show itself too was at Kobo because uh, I thought WWF was in that whole thing about Joe Lewis, and although if you look at it. It doesn't look like Joe Lewis. Um, no. Although uh, the WWF was at the palace at this time, weren't they? Uh, true. They did do, obviously, you're right, because I said that they didn't do a pay-per-view here between Survivor Series 91 and 99. But, of course, SummerSlam 93 was at the palace. Um, and I'm sure they probably had Raws and other stuff there. Uh, your crowd on this night, uh, 13,000, was at... Um, was at uh, uh, was in the building on this night. Uh, on a side note, the sumo monster truck match was taped the night before. 
just to break kayfabe. We'll get to that in a little while. Um, let's see, when do they do that? Uh, it would have been a Saturday night. Yeah, well, this was a Sunday. I'm trying to think we're on the card. Oh, it's coming up later. Okay. So, obviously, I read the uh, we read the dark match, or the main event matches to you. Um, obviously, the big influx, uh, Bischoff pretty much robbed the guys from uh, ECW. Um, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko. Like, they took the original trio of... of uh, uh, radicals, <laughs> and then the, the WWF took the same radicals five years later when they were five years better. So, um, how about that, huh? And that Bischoff was the takes, end of <laughs> Bischoff takes them. Yeah, Bischoff takes them and throws them on the pre-show. Vince takes them and puts them in the front row on Raw. So tells you who's actually the smarter guy in that aspect. Yeah. Um, of course, if you're watching ECW 1995, and we are going to put some ECW on our polls, we will definitely put some ECW. Um, we have a very specific poll for November. Just to let everybody know, we'll me- I'll mention it at the end of the program. Um, we have a very specific poll. We're only going to have two choices for the month of November, but it goes in line with Mr. Diener and his wonderful show. It was a thing on TV over on the pop feed. Uh, very specific for the month of November. Uh, is that correct, sir? Yes. Okay. So we so this month we're only going to have two picks, but then for just starting back in December we'll go back to having three choices. But next month it is only two, and that show, that episode of Wrestle Tracks will drop on uh, on Thanksgiving Day. So, um, uh, so if you're home and you're waiting for the turkey and you're not a Lions fan or God forbid you're not a Cowboys fan, uh, you could listen to the to the Wrestle Tracks. Um, I don't know what's the night game this this. Uh, Thanksgiving. I don't even know. I, I think it's Niners Seahawks. Oh, well, that's, uh, actually, that's, actually, that might be the best game of the day. I think we're playing the Commanders. Uh, I think, I think the I, Cowboys, I, so. I'd rather watch Dak than Geno Smith, just from experience. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot what the Lions are playing. Um, my game's probably on Fox, which means the Lions are probably playing an AFC team. Titans, actually, maybe? Actually, no. The uh, From what I understand, the game's on the Cowboys game's on CBS. Oh, because remember yeah, they, you know, it, yeah, because yeah, they no longer do it by uh, who's in the AFC or NFC anymore. Yeah, they just do it. So, well, that's to make sense because Cowboys and Rams were on CBS today. So, <laughs> that, figure that out. Anyway, I, I'm I'm too old school to think about that kind of thing. So, anyway, so DDP getting his chops in. What were your thoughts on DDP as a worker at this point, Greg? He was he was still kind of raw. The outfit is just absolute crap, but he was definitely working his butt off. I think I definitely feel like you could see. He was really trying to catch up with the rest of the roster. He's not a natural wrestler, of course. So what were your thoughts on him at this point? Well, I really did not like, but you know what? He did such a damn good job as a heel at this point. Like, yeah, that I just didn't like him. But I got to say, when we get to 97, when he has the feud with Savage and everything, he becomes like super over. Correct. Yeah, no, he definitely does. That's a couple years from now. And then, of course, by 99, he is a WCW champion. So long road to hoe. He was bobbing back and forth during the, uh, you know, when the NWO was at its zenith. Ten. Ten. And uh, Kimberly doesn't agree with the ten. No, no. Um, I'm trying to remember if the lottery ticket thing was going on yet. Oh, oh, that's one of my favorite angles ever. Yeah, I know. 
He's wrestling in tights that have holes in the butt and everything. It's like fucking hilarious. And then but, when he loses somebody, he, like he, he's like down to like the end of his cigar. Yeah, I know, yeah. His tights are falling apart. His boots have no laces. It's, it's pretty great. Crowd's pretty hot here. Good Detroit crowd. Always a good, uh, always a good wrestling crowd. Um, of course. Uh, this is where Halloween Havoc still bounced around, I believe, starting the next year. Let me double check. I believe starting the next year, 1996, is when they began. Yes, starting the next year, 1996, is when they would begin um, the uh, run at the MGM Grand in Vegas. Um, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this much. WCW sure as hell booked a better crowd at the MGM Grand than Herb Abrams did. Oh, uh, that's true. Well, that's because he paid. That's because the WCW crew paid for the drugs after the show, <laughs> not before the show or during the show. Um, yes. Yeah, so this was the this was the second of two straight shows, two straight um, Halloween Havocs at Joe. Halloween Havoc 1994 was also there. That was the Hogan Flair cage match, which I just watched recently. I think it was on the stream. Um, they were doing a uh, best of WWE evil, the, you know, the best of Halloween havoc. I think they were doing that main event, but then starting the following year, 1996, all the way till the last Halloween havoc in 2000, all of the shows would be at the MGM grand in Vegas. Um, and that would of course include the, uh, the, uh, memorable 98 where the feed cut out at the end because nobody knew how to book proxies for their feeds. And of course, since 2020, we have had uh, NXT has done uh, Halloween Havoc. So, and of course, this coming week, Halloween night um, will be night two of NXT's Halloween Havoc currently. Last week was night one. Uh, Becky Lynch dropped the women's title to Lyra Valkyra. And then this coming Tuesday, it will be Elia Dragunov defending the NXT title against Carmelo Hayes. So meanwhile, DDP is still really working, uh, uh, really working uh, Johnny B. Bad over here still, yeah. still dominating the action. Yeah, I got, I gotta say that Becky Lynch match from last week for the next that was a really great match. I agree. Yes, it was very much so. I thought the whole card was pretty good. I think this week's card will be pretty good as well. So. Uh, but I like that that uh, NXT. That's the one thing I like about WWE. They, you know, you know, you're you know that uh, you know well Vince at the time now he has no fucking say. Uh, would never openly take the WCW names, but I'm glad that Triple H is like, you know what? You're being a baby. Um, let's give them to, uh, let's give them to NXT. And, and that's why you love Hunter. Of course, because he's not, because he's not stupid. He knows what makes money. Stop yeah. being a spoiled brat, Vince. Idiot. And uh, that's why I still think um, WWE should use Starcade. Telling you. The only three that are really good, I mean, the Great American Bash they used. They should still use Halloween Havoc. They should use Starcade, and I think they should use Super Brawl. Those are the best. Those are the best WCW pay per view nicknames. Yeah. I was not a Slamboree fan. I wasn't an uncensored fan. Um, World War Three, we don't really need because we already I'm got. Just, that. And we got War Games back. Yeah. Yep. So, but I think they should use Halloween Havoc, which they do. I think they should use Starcade. And they should use Super Brawl. Those are the three that I think. Those are always. I always thought those were the most successful of the uh, WCW pay per view brands. So, so DDP is really DDP is really working. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Johnny B. Bad over. Uh, really, really laying the wood to him here. Not much uh, offense out of uh, Johnny B. Bad in this match. I didn't see how long this match was. I didn't think it was going to be terribly long. Let me see. It was Oop. like, I think it was like 12, 13 minutes. Uh, it was, uh, wow, 1701. Oh. Wow. wow. Well, so, interesting. Max Muscle distracting Nick Patrick while DDP is choking. Oh, now he's getting a strap. There we go. Very nice. I think, of course, uh, the Diamond Doll not in favor. But good heel work by, uh, I got to say, see, now we're talking about DDP. And he's pretty much, uh, and of course, Diamond Doll not happy because she doesn't like mean, healy things. So. <laughs> Just shaking her head like, no, no, yes, no. She's very distraught. Um, and you got Max Muscle, who looks like Jason <laughs> from from uh, Jason Knight from uh, from ECW. I thought you were gonna say Jason from Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> well, he's getting he's starting to get a skullet. So you know, Jason had a skull skullet by uh, what the fifth one, probably the sixth one. Really working him over. Uh, I believe all the titles are on the line. If I let me look at the card real quick. Let's see, uh, we have the no. Actually, these only two. Right. This, this, and the world title are the only oh. two title are the only two matches involving titles tonight. This one and uh, and the uh, WCW World Title. Yeah. So well, okay. Well, Scott, I'm so excited. We're gonna have a sumo monster truck match, and we're gonna have a dynamite main event. Yes, <laughs> yes, we are. Oh. But uh, well, Sting's the U.S. champion, and and uh, he's in a tag. Um, I don't know who the tag team champions are. Probably. Uh, Harlem Heat. Probably Harlem Heat, I'm assuming. Um, there was no Cruiserweight title at the time, I don't think, yet, right? Yeah. No, I guess it was. Um, year, I think we're a year away from the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, the, the light heavyweight title kind of faded in the in the brush. So we didn't have a Cruiserweight title. Um, D, uh, Johnny B. Bad trying to get a little, little something-something back here. Trying to get back into it. He pretty much just had no offense except when he jumped DDP at the beginning. Oh, no, this, this is like a one person dominating this match. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, look at this. Tripped him up. He had he had taken a shot in the bread basket. Oh. Nope, but he got him with the right hand. Is he bleeding? I think DDP has a cut on his face or something. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's mixed into his beard. Reverse atomic drop. Oh, right in the balls. Right in the balls. And then we have another atomic drop, some more uh, more marble squishing. And now oh. you got the golden gloves. Big uh, big offense here from uh, Johnny B. Oh, 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 a little Hurricane Rana. Ooh. Up to the top rope. What do we got? Oh, double axe handle. That police line's on it with the ends of the match. Okay, good. That would have been a crappy ending. Johnny B. Bad. Oh, he's looking at uh, Diamond Doll. Oh, hell. All right. <laughs> oh, 10. And Max Muscle did not approve. Nobody cares what you think. I don't remember what happened to that guy. I think he was pumping my gas in Jersey. Pretty much. Working for uh, for Power Pro. Ooh, power bomb. One, Ooh. two, kicks out. 
we go. So Johnny B. Bad trying to get mount an attack here. Um, I don't know what that was. It was kind of like a hip toss flapjack thing, but it worked. <laughs> Some type of morph there. So both guys are down. Bit of fun little opener, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Bit of fun little opener. Kind of enjoyed it. Turning over. DDP going for the pin. One, two, one kicks out. This has been uh, exceptional. Oh, going for the diamond cutter. And no. DDP or, uh, is stopped with the rope. Two. No. I thought uh, Johnny B. was going to put his feet on the ropes. Throws him into the corner. That was that was awkward. Gets the second turnbuckle. We're gonna get some right hands. One, two. Oh, oh now flips him over. Are we gonna oh. get the uh, D the the DQ? No, this is real wrestling. We don't have no. shitty. Rules. Now we're not playing by Bill Watts rules tonight. Yeah, we're not playing by exactly. And oh, he almost did the six one nine, and instead he does a nice flip. There we go. Takes out both DDP and Max Muscle. The set, yeah, I feel like the crowd is much more condensed than it was, than it would be for like a WWF pay-per-view. And there's a, a kind of a slingshot slam, but uh, DDP kicks out. This match has been a uh, hell of fun, gotta oh, say. Yeah, not gonna lie. This is much better than I remember it. Oh, Max Muscle from behind, and oh, and you saw that come. Oh, he didn't hit him, though. But then he hit the drop kick, knocks Max Muscle off the ropes. We get a schoolboy roll-up, and no, DDP kicks out. I thought that was oh. the end of the match. I thought that was the end of the match, actually. Oh, leverage with the tights. Throws him out. Max Muscle gets thrown into the, oh, no, he was stopped. Wow, nice move. He's a big dude, whoever he was. Up, 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 and another miscommunication. Max Muscle ugh, does not sell that punch much. One, two, three, and we have a new WCW World Television Champion, Johnny B. Bad, because of the miscommunication between DDP and Max Muscle. So, did, was not a fan of that television title belt. I miss the... Actually, the one that, um, I mean, obviously the one that's in the current NWA, the one like Arn had in the 80s, that 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 belt is fucking great. But, oh, the Diamond Doll is very, oh. is very pleased. Um, I have to say the TV title belt from like 93 when uh, Regal had it was pretty was a pretty sweet belt. Yeah. This belt I always thought looked very generic. But yeah. Just me. I, I like the NWA TV title better because you had the big three networks on the belt. Yeah, I always thought that was cool. No, I agree. I totally agree. Especially the pr proud NNBC logo on the belt. Very underrated. Yes. So we open the show with a title change. Johnny B. Bad, the new WCW World Television Champion. And uh, the Diamond Doll approves. She is happy that her, her man is a, a bum and uh, lost. So there we go. So we get our wide shot. And... Uh, 
DDP and Max Muscle are pissed. And now Tony and Bobby go over stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Greg, go ahead. I was going to say, first time he mentioned, Tony, that we're ever going to see the giant wrestle. So, yes. While they're chatting, uh, Greg, why don't you uh, pick something from our pop culture cornucopia to to, uh, uh, that was going on at that time? Okay, uh, so we mentioned Joe Louis Arena. So let's talk about their tenant, the Detroit Red Wings in 95, 96. They finished with a 62, 13 and seven record, 131 (laughs) points. They were first. Oh, God. Yeah. First in the Central Division under Scotty Bowman that year. And they went all the way to the. Western Conference Finals, where they lost in six games to the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. Yep. Devastating. Yeah, first season for Colorado in the West after moving from Quebec. That's true. Oh, oh, Zodiac. Yes, the Zodiac. Yes, no, yes, no. (laughs) Uh Zodiac gimmick number 214 for Ed Leslie in WCW. Oh, all right. So while that's going on, uh, some of the notable names, of course, from the uh, roster in 96 for the Red Wings include uh, Sergei Fedorov, Steve Eiserman, Chris Osgood, Keith Primu, uh, the Paul Coffey, Dino Cicerelli. Good team. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. They lost to Colorado. It was crazy. And that was the year uh, Colorado uh, swept the Panthers, where the Panthers with the Beezer, John Van Beesbrook, they had that miraculous run to the cup final. Yes, they did. Yeah. It was a crazy cup final. Very weird. With the rats. Yep. Oh, the rats. That's right. The fucking rats. And uh, as Macho Man's come into the ring, uh, let me talk about the Pistons. 95-96. They uh, finished... Fifth in the NBA Central Division at 46 and 36. Doug Collins, the coach at that time, and they would lose in round one to Orlando three straight. And uh, some of the names on the Pistons in 96, we have Grant Hill in his second season. Joe Dumar is still there in his 10th mm-hmm. season. Alan Houston in his third season. Oh, okay. And um, let's see, Thea Ratliff. Uh, Otis Thorpe, and uh, that's about it for notable names. So it's basically Grant Hill, Joe Dumars, a young Allen Houston, and a bunch of other guys. Wow. There we go. Well, the Pistons were obviously, you know, a few years past the Bad Boys era, so guys had aged out, and, you know, Isaiah was gone, and um, Dumars was pretty much the only guy left. Kind of like when, when uh, the pour into the Lakers in the uh, early nineties when by 94, pretty much James Byron, Worthy was the only one left. Byron Scott. Yep. He was gone. Um, no, no, he did stick around actually. AC green was gone. They had traded him to Dallas, I think. Um, and by the mid nineties, they were done. So hold, hold ha- on. Oh, wait, we got a fan in the ring. What the, f- I, I don't even know what the fuck this is. I forgot about this. So the booty, so booty man, so Zodiac and Savage are wrestling here and some crazy chick runs in the ring. Um, obviously we're not showing on camera him getting the fucking crap kicked out of him. Um, I, I can't believe that 
I mean, it's crazy. I mean, obviously they're not showing on camera, but they are fucking that guy up something fierce. There's oh. like seven guys in suits over there. They are just totally mauling that chick. It's. I thought it was a woman. Maybe it was a guy. I don't even know. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? But he. I mean, finally there's some order. They they go back in the ring. Oh yeah, Kamala was supposed to wrestle in this match, but then he left. Yes, that was a terrible missing flop. Of course, Zodiac looks up and goes, oh, he's doing his elbow. I better get ready. And they're taking that fan away. Yep. And there we go. A flying elbow. So Savage wins the match in 90 seconds. So, so Scott, remember, the stipulation is if Lex Luger now wins this bat, his match against uh, who is Luger facing on this card? Oh, Luger is facing um, uh, Meng. Okay, so if Luger beats Meng, he will. Re- Randy Savage will wrestle Lex Luger later in the show. Yes. Um, that'll be coming up a couple of matches from now. We got a couple of short matches up now. Um, so Randy Savage beats the Zodiac in a minute and a half, while uh, you know, while some poor Detroit yokel gets the fucking crap pounded out of them. Um, by security. I, I don't know why you would jump in the ring. I <laughs> he probably got his ribs hurt more than Tyrod Taylor today. Oh, jeez. This guy probably was the third string quarterback. This is probably Danny DeVito or Tommy De- whatever the fuck his name <laughs> Tommy is. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> should be might as well be Danny DeVito. <laughs> so we are back, and uh, Mean Gene is backstage. Wow, he is totally dying his hair at this point. Um. What's the tease? Hmm. Hmm. One nine hundred nine oh nine ninety nine hundred. How do we know it's no longer active? Has anyone tried? Maybe I should call right now. No, don't. It might be something worse. Yeah, it might be something worse. It might be the, uh, I don't know, the AEW hotline. <laughs> we, now have, we now have an interview with our new world television champion, Johnny B. Bad. He would hold the belt for a little bit, and then, let's see, he would drop it to... I think it's Luger. Uh, let's see. Because obviously he doesn't hold it. Because obviously he's gone from WWE, from a WCW eventually. Let's see. So he... Let's see. So he won it here. He loses it. Yes, he loses it to Luger. At a uh, pay, at a house show in Baltimore, he Luger holds the belt for a day, and then Johnny B. Bad wins it back the next night at a house show in Norfolk, Virginia. He holds it for 17 days, and then Lex Luger wins it again um, on an episode of WCW Saturday Night in Macon, Georgia, on March 6th of 1996. And of course, by then, uh, Johnny B. Bad oh. is gone. And off to uh, WWF. So, why are they t- look at they talking about? Well, I will say this: 
I've been to Detroit. The Greek food is exceptional. I am going to say that. Exceptional Greek food in uh, in the city of Detroit. I have to say that. That is that is a total truth. I got to say, Mean Gene singing a round of Tutti Frutti. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a wrestle tracks of the uh, of uh, the Slammies or something. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Because I know so, it's like, sung that. So we're back with... Uh, I still was stunned that that Red Wings team lost to uh, to the Avalanche. Colorado had a good team. I mean, because I knew the year before uh, that Quebec had a good team because they gave the Rangers a, a good run, I think, in the first round of the East the year before. Um, what would end up being this previous spring uh, before the, the Nordiques uh, moved to uh, Colorado. Uh, oh, we... So, we're God. getting a little... Oh, sorry, God. Bobby. He's making fun of Road Warrior Hawks arm. Yes. So, we're up now with uh, our next match and a little backstory. Um, Road Warrior oh, yeah. Hawk injured at the hands of Kurosawa. He almost tore his arm off his body. Kurosawa's real name was uh, Manabu Nakanishi, who, of course, is a very well-known Japanese wrestler. So we have a very unusual Road Warrior Hawk solo match, which is very strange. But he will be taking on Kurosawa. And he is coming out first. And accompanied by the Colonel. Yes, Colonel Rob Parker. Indeed. Kurosawa would uh, stick around for a little bit, I think. Well-known New Japan guy. Well, uh, Scott, well, that we're waiting for Road Warrior Hark. How about I uh, talk about the 95 MLP postseason? Yes, well, not a fun one for me because everybody, all the teams were in it, I hated. But uh, <laughs> it feels like me in 2023. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is true. But uh, before we started the postseason, we had a one-game tiebreaker for the American League West title. It was uh, California and Seattle. Because remember, yep. Seattle had come like all the way back. I think they were down like 14 in August to the Angels. Yes. And they came all the way back, forced a one-game playoff, and they absolutely dominated the Angels in that one-game playoff. I think like Luis Soho had like a Little League inside the park Grand Slam home run in that. Yes, that and was- I think – and I also think uh... – um, I'm pretty sure that Randy Johnson like utterly dominated. Oh yeah, uh, that game. I think he struck out like 15 Angels or something. Um, let's see. They finished 79 and 66. Remember, the season started late because they were still mopping up the fucking stupid strike. So, um, let's see. Um, so, yep, October 2nd they beat the Angels. Uh, nine to one, 
Uh, Randy Johnson, wow. Randy Johnson went 18 and 2 that year. Oh. For the Mariners. He was a beast that year. He was a beast. Randy, and then uh, Mark Langston uh, got blown out. He went, finished 15 uh, and 7. Well, if anything for Angels fans, seven years from now, they'll have much better days. They will. Yes, they will. But uh, ALDS, because remember, this is the first year of the division series. Correct. Uh, Boston and Cleveland. Cleveland swept Boston three straight. And I believe game one, because we talked about the baseball network, because this was the period on uh, between 94 and 85. We talked about this on It Was a Thing on TV, where Major League Baseball had the right split between NBC and ABC. Yes. And so... We mentioned this game, game one, where Cleveland beat Boston in the 13th inning on a walk-off home run by Tony Pena, swinging on a 3-0 pitch. Mm-hmm. And it was a five-hour game. Five hours and one minute. Wow. But the other ALDS, Seattle New York, that was an ALDS for the ages. Yes, it was. The Yankees yes, was. won game one, 9-6. to six. And then in game two, we had that classic 15 in a game between the Yankees and the Mariners, won by someone who would be a big hero in the Bronx a year from now, Mr. Jim Laritz with a game-winning yep. home run in the bottom of the 15th inning. Yep, in the rain, off Tim Belcher. I remember I was in my bedroom. I was actually uh, watching the game with Dr. G, and uh, my dad had walked in from work. And my mom had fallen asleep. And I remember, obviously, Ruben Sierra homered earlier in the game. And then Big Donnie. Oh. Uh, Donnie hit it. And I remember Gary Thorne saying, oh, baby, hang on to the roof. <laughs> and that place went absolutely batshit when Donnie hit that bomb. And I think it was the fifth inning or sixth inning. And uh, because it just obviously after 13 years of putting up great numbers for a team that had some of the shittiest pitching of the 80s. Um, Donnie finally got to the postseason, and I mean he hit four seventeen, and but that game too is it was the beginning. It was a, it was a taste of what was to come for Yankee fans for the next uh, you know four or five years. Um, but then but, when we get to Seattle, it all fall, falls apart. Yep, everything changed. Yeah, uh, Mariners take game three seven four, take game four eleven eight, and then the Mariners come back. Oh. Holy crap, we got an upset here. Yes, Kurosawa oh, actually beat Road Warrior Hawk with his foot on the ropes. Damn, Crazy. I did not expect this. What Colonel Parker, he's like, oh, I'm hurt. I am, uh, and WCW fans throwing crap. Looks like they're throwing. Looks like they were throwing clementines or something. It's very strange. It's some kind of random fruit. Uh, you lost, Hawk. Sorry, I love you, buddy. Uh, You're my favorite tag team ever, but you lost. All right. Well, let's get to Game Five of the ALDS. So yep. Yankees had a lead in the eighth inning. Mariners tied it, and then we go to extra innings in the eleventh inning. Edgar Martinez, the big hit scoring Ken Griffey Jr. to win the ALDS for the Mariners. And then yep. Buck Showalter's reign in the Bronx. And then the next year, we all know what happens. Yep. 
George said, time to clean house. We saw guys like Mike Stanley leave. Uh, Jack McDowell, who gave everybody the finger, but nobody liked him anyway. He left. Um, and then Joe Torre came in. And I will never forget the back of that. I think it was the Daily News. Clueless oh. Joe. Oh. Torrey has no idea what he's getting himself into. Oh, okay, and- Ian O'Connor. <laughs> Jackass. Oh, God. So funny. Um, uh, meanwhile, in the National League, uh, you had um, you had uh, obviously there was no there was no champion in 94. Uh, we so we were going to definitely have a new world champion because the technically defending world champion Toronto Blue Jays, as Greg mentioned, did not make the playoffs. So we were guaranteed a new world champion. We were going to get a new National League champion because the actual defending champion uh, Philadelphia Phillies did not make the playoffs. Although I went to a game at the vet that season, two of them actually. Early in the year, the Phillies actually, uh, they were not too bad early on. They would end up finishing third. Oh, oh, hold on. We missed this. the mustache's crooked promo. I'm a better man. <laughs> ah. Oh. I want to ask you one other question, because everywhere I go... People are talking about these two monster trucks. Everywhere, everywhere Mean Gene goes, they, they don't want to talk to him about anything. They just want to talk to him about, what is the deal with these monster trucks, Gene? <laughs> yeah. Savage is, uh, he would have been here a year at this point. Yeah, because Starcade. So we're 10 months in. Yeah. So he obviously, I'm sure he was promised some things that had not come his way yet. Um, we go back to the ring. Our next match. Our next match. <laughs> Mustache nose. <laughs> So next up we have ooh fancy colored spooky spider webs and it is uh, oh, oh Mr. JL Oh Jerry Lynn Mr. J Oh he's not Mr. He's actually just JL but I like Mr. better. Uh Mr. JL Look at that. Of course he is indeed Jerry Lynn. Nobody knew that at the time. Nobody knew who he was at the time. He was just JL. I think that's kind of great. Looking like a Power Ranger here. Yeah, it looked like what, uh, it looked very close to what uh, Ray would wear two years later. Very similar. So <laughs> guess who JL is taking on? Oh. oh my. This was his cup of coffee in, uh, in WCW before he was pretty much booted. And that is uh, Sabu. And, and the Ring. Yes, by his real uncle, Eddie Farhat, the Sheik. Of course, big deal because Eddie was the head booker and he was the man in the Detroit area for many, many years in the business. Pretty sad for the Sheik. He's not going to be able to steal any money from the box office. Exactly, yes. And that's no cheese cutter. (laughs) Waiting to see for the pencil. Oh, Oh, what a baseball. Well, 
All right. So now, now let's get into the NLDS as we're going to see Sabu make some uh, crazy moves here. So Atlanta and Colorado were was the first NLDS matchup. This was Colorado winning the wild card in their third year. Atlanta won it three games to one. And then the NLDS matchup, other one, was the Reds and the Dodgers. The Reds winning in three straight. So, get to the championship series in a bit here. But, (laughs) oh! I don't think that, I I don't think the Sheik was meant to uh, get hit earlier (laughs) by Sabu's feet. No. No. Because I'm sure he was supposed to tell. I'm sure he was told. I'm sure he said, uh, uh, "No bumps for me, thanks." Um, I'll tell you this: when I was 11, Scott, I saw Sabu for the first time in WCW. I'm like, "What? What is this? This is insane! What this guy's doing?" Totally. I remember watching him. That's this summer because that this the previous May here in '95, I had graduated uh, from college, and um, I had. Uh, my, that summer, I you know I was working part time and I really hadn't thought about getting a job job yet. So I spent most of the summer pretty much drinking, um, uh, going to visit my girlfriend who at the time was living upstate. She was work. She stayed at, at school through college. Uh, stayed up at uh, her school through the summer, is what I meant to say. And uh, and stayed up late to watch uh, w, uh, to watch ECW at two o'clock in the morning on MSG. And uh, that's when I first saw Sabu, and then I saw him, you know, come to WCW, and I'm like, I, I don't know how long this guy's gonna last here. I feel like this is not his, you know, cup of tea. And of course, I was, I was right. Um, <laughs> but uh, of course, JL Jerry Lynn would make himself. I don't know what the. This is just terrible. Uh, that's just a bad pin there. Oh. Um. Of course, JL, meaning Jerry Lynn, would make a legacy of himself in uh, in ECW, and then later on in TNA, he was uh, a TNA original. Actually, he was there in 2002 when TNA launched. Um, this match has been very clunky. Oh Jesus! Oh my! Oh! Oh goddamn! He almost killed him there. Ugh! That wasn't pretty. No. I'm okay. surprised that uh, I'm surprised with Bischoff in charge that uh, he brought Sabu in because you know Vince, as you know, Vince, uh, Eric uh, Eze was not the biggest fan of ECW. So, I mean, he did pick cherry pick the actual good guys in ECW, Benoit, uh, Eddie, and uh, Dean, but they weren't really ECW guys. They were just really good guys who happened to be in ECW. Sabu is a is an ECW guy, so I was very surprised that uh, that uh, Bischoff would want him. Yeah. Oh, see, that's moves like that that made me, like, appreciate Sabu. Ah, he gets the W. Oh! Oh, he's there. Oh, she threw a fireball at JL. And now he's threatening everybody in the front row with a scimitar. That's classy. Probably asking, give me 20 bucks. Give me 20 bucks. Those tickets, you didn't pay for those. I think Eddie Farhat lived until I think he died in a, probably in the mid two thousands. He yeah, probably yeah, something like that. Yeah. Bobby's like he threw a bowl of fire in Mister JL's kitchen. Kiss her. 
Let's see. Eddie Farhat died January 18th, 2003. He was 76. Mm. Sabu was his nephew. So. So Eddie Farhat was 68 at this time when he took that shot to the face on that flip. So. I just love that she just threw that. He just casually threw that fireball JL. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? It was almost like he meant to. So while they're talking, why don't we uh, get more into the postseason? So, yeah. All right. ALCS, Seattle, and Cleveland. Seattle wins game one. Cleveland wins game two, five to two. So we go to the, to the Jake for this, uh, for the next three. Mariners win five to two in eleven innings. Indians win seven nothing. Indians three two in game five. And then in the Kingdome, Cleveland wins their first American League pennant since nineteen fifty four, winning four to nothing. Yes. And then in the NLCS, Atlanta and Cincinnati, Atlanta swept the Reds. Atlanta won two games at Riverfront extra innings, and then took games three and four to send. A World Series between two teams with problematic names. Yes. You know, it's funny you say that. I want to talk about that for a minute because I'm not that I want to go down this rabbit hole. But so I was talking to a friend of mine who's actually a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, he was with me on my weekend sojourn to Cooperstown, which, by the way, if you've never been there, anybody listening, uh, it is uh, it should be. If you are any kind of a fan of, of baseball, it, it should be on your bucket list. It's it's an amazing place. Oh. Oh, we're in the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, maybe we should just keep talking then. Um, so... <laughs> um, Sullivan! Ah, uh, the fucking wizard. Uh, all right, so go back to Cooper. So, we were saying that, yes, Indians, even though the even though the Cleveland fan base told everybody to butt out and stay, mind your own fucking business, it's pretty much what I've been told by Guardians, Guard Indians fans, uh, this is none of your business, so get out of, you know, get the fuck out of Cleveland. Um... I don't know if other than getting rid of that terrible, like, secondary logo, I don't think you'll ever see the – because I've heard that the term Braves is not derogatory. Brave is a young Native American or, you know. So I think it was more the iconography like that, you know, the 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 yelling head with the fucking feather. And they got rid of that. So I don't think the term Braves is going anywhere because it's not as derogatory as, say, Redskins. So Although, let's be honest, the chop does not help. No, the chop doesn't help, and that probably should go. Um, and as a Met fan, I I, I approve. Um, uh, but I told my friend, like the Kansas City Chiefs, same thing. A chief is a, actually a term of respect, more than and and really other than they don't you have any um, visuals of Native Americans. No, uh, it's it's the weapon. I mean, a, a, a an arrowhead is real. It's not made up. So it was an interesting conversation. But anyway, uh, yes, the. Uh, Obviously, the term Indians, you know, in the global sense, probably needed to go. Um, but enough of that. Um, I. So, oh, sorry. Yeah. Good. No, I was just going to say I was. I really wanted Cleveland to win, obviously, because, you know, the Braves suck ass. Um, I was anticipating a good series, though, yeah. if I remember correctly. So this World Series, I believe, because. This was split between ABC and NBC because ABC was supposed to have the World Series in 94. But because of the strike, ABC and NBC had to split the series. Correct. So uh, games one and two 
were uh, won by Atlanta. We go to Cleveland. Cleveland won game three in extra innings, seven seats. Game four was five to two Atlanta. Cleveland wins game five, five to four. And then we go to game six. Uh, I believe I believe it was David Justice who hit the big home run in game six. Yes, yes then, David Justice. And then uh, Tom Glavin pitches a one-hit shutout. And the Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta problematic names win their first world title in mm. Atlanta uh, yes. by a final score of one to nothing. And um, just to let you know, Scott, Game five of the World Series was actually the last MLB telecast by ABC. Because if you'll remember, ABC got out of baseball and Fox took ABC's half of the coverage starting the next year. Yes. And that would be the last ABC telecast of Major League Baseball until the 2020 pandemic season when ABC simulcast some of the ESPN wildcard series games. Yes. And something we mentioned, Greg, uh, on our on our uh, wrestle tracks last month when we did in your house mind games, uh, it seemed fitting. And, and Doctor G has always said this to me, being the Yankee fan that he is, that um, it seemed fitting that Fox would come in and uh, Fox would come in and take baseball over, just as the Yankees grow. You know, the Yankees emergence. Uh, began because many <laughs> Joe Buck is 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 always chided as the voice of the Yankees, and of course that was, he was never a fan of that because he's not a Yankee fan. He's down, he's a Cardinal. He's a Cardinal, yeah, yeah. So so he always thought that was funny. He likes saying, "Oh, Joe Buck, the voice of the Yankees." <laughs> um, so right now we have uh, Hulk Hogan dressed in black, which I think is pretty damn funny. Um, looking weird without with the no beard with the no mustache. Obviously, the mustache was shaved off because he was doing a. I'm assuming he was doing Thunder in Paradise. Well, no, um, he's he was doing Santa with muscles. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Um. And so he's here with I don't know. I have no idea who any of these people. This are. is the uh, this is the contest for the Harley Davidson. See, now WWE should have done something easier than giving a house away to that putz from Arizona at <laughs> In Your House One. Probably should have just you know given away a nice Harley. And also remember, the giant ran over uh, the Hulkster's motorcycle of a monster truck. That's why we have the monster truck match. Yes. Doris, tell us what Carlini is in store for our winner. First, Mike, I'd like to congratulate you on winning the Harley Davidson. We've put together an apparel package for you here. Some sweatshirts, T-shirts, and a hat. And also back in our store in Redford, we have an exhaust system, some Carlini paint savers, and a Carlini torque arm. Oh, Hogan's looking at him like, I know what the fuck any of that shit is. So, look at that, huh? Very nice. Oh, nice. nice. I wonder if Hogan signs it. No, Hogan's taking it because he doesn't have his motorcycle anymore. (laughs) But it is funny that Hogan is already kind of tipping his hand because he's already wearing black, which I find... It is still very funny. Well... Well, Scott, remember, as he said in one promo, we all know what a guy in black gloves and a do-rag can do. Get it? <laughs> oh, God. I do think that uh, uh, 
even before any thoughts of him turning heel or NWO or anything, I think that I think that uh, um, Hogan was probably trying to sort of phase out the red and yellow and maybe even be a baby face with black on or change things up a little bit because um, obviously that gimmick was starting to run its course. So, yeah. And I got to admit, it gave him like an edge. Yes. Ooh. Little did we realize Jimmy Hart, what was going on in the back of his mind at that moment. Oh, I wonder what's what's mm. Jimmy thinking? He's going to turn heel and knock out that chick behind him and take all the apparel. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I want those sweatshirts. Ooh. Oh, what's coming up in November? War. Oh, no. Boy, what a disaster that turned out to be. But they'd have it for four years. Dear Lord. That is crazy. You've seen one ring, but never three. One giant in each ring. One thing I noticed about WCW pay-per-views that that WWF pay-per-views didn't do as much was lots of announcer talking. That was a big thing for them. All right, so let's talk about week nine in the NFL in 1995 while we have this moment here. So uh, your, uh, def- your Dallas Cowboys, not the defending world champions at the time, because obviously that's San Francisco at the time. But they beat Atlanta yep. this week, Scott, twenty-eight to thirteen, and Dallas would go on to be seven and one. And yes. let me just see. Oh, I didn't realize June Jones was coaching the Falcons at this time. Yes. Okay, Troy yep. was nineteen for twenty-five, one hundred ninety-eight yards, two TDs. Jeff George was starting for the uh, Falcons at the side, eighteen for thirty, one seventy-five and a TD. Emmett had one hundred and sixty-seven yards rushing. In the TV. Oh, here we got. Oh, we got Ming and Luger coming up here. I forgot about that weird thing Ming wore on his head at this time. And the fans are still throwing crap. Yep. Okay. So Ming is taking on Lex Luger in this match. And if Luger wins, he gets Savage later on in the evening. All right. Uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati at Riverfront Stadium. Cleveland winning an OT 29-26 on a Matt Stover field goal. Uh, Eric Zier, I'm guessing Vinny was out at this time. He was the starting QB for the Browns. 26-4-46-310 a TD. Jeff Blake for Cincinnati, 20-35-249-2 for TDs. Uh, future... Kansas City and Washington offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy for the Bengals 
had six catches for 95 yards. Oh, Eric sleeping with the enemy. Yeah, as Chris Berman would say. And Andre yes. Risen for the Browns, seven catches, 173 yards on the TD. Of course, the Browns would go to four and four, but it would go downhill as well. We all know what would happen later in the year with Cleveland. Uh, Mr. Modell and move and yep. uh, some dark. Uh, it broke my co-host on it was a thing on TV. Mike calls his heart when the Browns move to Baltimore, but uh, at least thankfully the Browns have a good team this year, despite losing today to Seattle. But uh, so this the Jets and the Colts. This was obviously the Rich Cotite first season when they went three and thirteen, and they got. Uh, Keyshawn with the number one overall pick the next year. Correct. Colts, Colts 17 to 10. Bubby Brister, the starter for the Jets, 19 for 31, 154 TD and an interception. Jim Hallball, 9 for 13, 9 for 14, 87 yards. I guess he wasn't really good at stealing signs back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this would be the year the Colts won all the way to the AFC title game. And we got Lions-Packers at the Silverdome uh, across town earlier that day of Halloween Havoc. And it was the Lions 24-16 to over the Packers. Brett Favre 26-43, 304, but threw three interceptions. Scott Mitchell threw for three TDs, 249 yards. Barry Sanders rushed for 167 yards. And Herman Moore, six catches, 147 yards. Three touchdowns, and Scott, he had a nice uh, reception because he had a 69-yard TD reception, Scott Mitchell. Wow. And um, Carolina in their expansion season, defeating New England 20-17 to over at Foxborough. John Casey getting the game winner in OT. Unfortunately, John, if only John Casey managed to actually kick the ball not out of bounds like eight years later against New England. Uh, Kerry Collins, 309 yards, two TDs for the Panthers. Drew Bledsoe, 22 44, 228. Curtis Morton in his rookie season with New England, 85 yards, two TDs. Mm. And uh, in their first season in uh, St. Louis, the Rams, unfortunately, this day, Scott, would lose to the Eagles at the vet 20 to 9. You want to know who's starting for the uh, Rams? March Bolt. No, that's too early. Um, Tony Banks? No, Chris Miller. Oh, geez. I forgot 20... he's the Falcons for the Rams. Yeah, 26 for 43, 262, one TD, two interceptions. Rodney Pete had the start for the Eagles. 166 yards, a TD. Isaac Bruce, I believe this is his second year, uh, 105 yards receiving one TD for the Rams. And uh, another expansion team their first year, the Jaguars, playing the Steelers. The Steelers at Three Rivers, 24-7 to over the Jags. Mark Brunel for Jacksonville, 189 yards and a TD. Neil O'Donnell for Pittsburgh, 178 yards, two TDs. And uh, Yancey Thigpen 
87 yards receiving for the Steelers, a TD in the win. Good player, oh, Rick, oh, Rick Flair being attended to, according to Tony. Uh-oh. Oh, he'll be coming in the ring. Oh, that's good. That's good. He'll be wrestling tonight. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, we have our third overtime game, Scott, on this day. Arizona, a 20-14 to 14 win over the Seahawks. Lorenzo Lynch, a 72-yard interception returned in OT for the 20-14 to 14 victory. And uh, J- some guy named John Freeze was starting for the Seahawks. Wow, John Freeze. Okay. Let me look up his uh, ID. Oh, he was on San Diego. Yep. He was on the Redskins. He was on the Seahawks, New England. And New England. Wow, he had two different stints with New England. Jeez. Dave Craig was the starter for Arizona. 200 yards, a TD, two interceptions. Uh, Chris Warren rushed for 127 for the Seahawks. Yeah. Good player, Chris Warren. And. Okay. Uh, Miami and Buffalo. Miami, a 23-6 winner over the Bills. Uh, Jim Kelly, uh, 147 yards. Dan Marino, 232 yards. Deaver had a touchdown in that game. Uh, Terry Kirby and Bernie Parmley had Parmley. a rushing touchdown. Um, oh, Parmley. Okay. They both had a uh, rushing touchdown each for the Dolphins. And that, I think, is it for the touchdowns. Yeah, it was like a 6-6 game into the fourth quarter, and the Dolphins got those two touchdowns late. So they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. So the score was like, the game was actually much closer going in the fourth quarter than the final score indicates. So hmm. at the Astrodome, in their next to last season in Houston, the Oilers... 19 to 7 win winners over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I believe, um, yeah, oh, Sam Weich was still coaching for the Buccaneers at this time. Because obviously the next year would be Tony Dungy's first year in uh, Tampa Bay. Correct. Yep. So uh, Trent Dilfer for Tampa Bay, 10 for 23, 82 yards, three interceptions. And starting for the uh, Oilers, Chris Chandler. Oh, okay. 167 yards, no TDs. And let me just see. Oh, yeah, Eddie George would be the next year, I think. Yeah, well, he won the Heisman in what? That year, 95. Yeah. Yeah. And, Meng's, uh, giving, uh, Meng's giving Lu- uh, Luger here. I almost called him loser. Sound like Matt Souza. Um, Meng giving Luger a pretty good beating in this match so far. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Meng. Of course he's got to give somebody yes. a beating. Boy, I love Meng. Why haven't they made? I think they, uh, someone made a retro figure of Haku recently. One of those companies, the Hasbro style figure, which good. He deserves one, Ming. Okay, so while Ming has him in this choke lock, uh, oh yeah, Frank Wycheck is is with um, the Oilers at this time. So obviously, he would go on to. Uh, be a big contributor in that 99 Super Bowl team in Tennessee. But oh, wait a second, Scott. 
I think I've had a former Cowboys sighting in this game. I see. Alvin Harper had a one catch for three yards. Oof. Yeah, he fell off the face of the earth once he left uh, Dallas. But he was a, a magnificent player for you guys in those Super Bowl teams. Yeah, he was a great secondary receiver. He had a big catch that uh, he had a big catch that uh, the, won us that NFC Championship game. Yeah, I'm, that was a hell of a catch he made. Yeah, good cross pattern, and, uh, and then he made then he caught uh, I think two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, um, and then he went to Washington. Um, so okay. doing well. Luger making a comeback here. Again, Luger wins this match, and uh, he gets savage later on in the show. Yeah. Oh, we got one, two. Oh, damn it. Okay. New Orleans, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. New, Orleans, New Orleans, an 11-7 winner over the Saints. Elvis Gerbach had the start for the Niners over, uh, I guess, Steve Young was injured. 243 yards passing, but two interceptions. Jim Everett had the start for New Orleans, 12 for 26, 156 yards. And, uh, yeah, there was not much scoring this game. Mario Bates had the game-winning score for the uh, Saints in the third quarter. So this must have been, like, a really awful game in San Francisco. Definitely sounds like, yeah, without Steve Young, of course, Niners, the defending champs. Ugh. Kevin, Sull- Kevin Sullivan there messing with Luger on the outside. Yeah, that those devil horn face paint on Sullivan, scary as hell. Yes. I concur. I love that he has lightning bolts all over his trunk, Sullivan. All right, so our Sunday night game this week, because remember, Scott, Back in 1985, the Sunday night package would have been split between TNT and ESPN. Yes. So this would be the last game TNT would have for this season. It was New York Giants and the team now known as the Washington Commanders. Correct. New York defeating Washington 24-15. to And Dave Brown. 139 yards of TD for the Giants. Rodney Hampton rushed for 83 yards. Mike Sherrard had 79 yards and a TD for the Giants. Gus Farratt threw for 345 yards, but threw four interceptions. Jeez. And uh, uh, Henry Ellard had six receptions, 111 yards. Leslie Shepard, seven yards and a hundred seven receptions and 135 yards. And the freaking like Washington could only score 15 points. Ridiculous. I didn't realize Henry Ellard was still in the league <laughs> in uh, 1995. And then our Monday night game this week, the Bears going six and two, defeating the Minnesota Vikings at the Metrodome. 14 to 6. 
Eric Kramer for the Bears, 18 for 25, 231, two TDs. Ward Moon, 28 for 42, 252 yards, and no touchdowns, though. But uh, Curtis Conway had a 48-yard touchdown pass in this game. That is week nine of uh, 1995. Some fun names there. Uh, I actually have the players of the week, actually, from uh, right here on Football Reference. AFC Offensive Player of the Week was Andre Rizad. Chris Dishman, the Defensive Player of the Week. Chris Dishman. And uh, Matt Stover, obviously, for kicking the game-winning kick for the Browns. Scott Mitchell was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Vency Green, the Defensive Player of the Week. And the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week was Tyrone Hughes from the uh, Saints. Hmm. And And obviously, Scott... Yes. Uh, 1985 would be a great year for you football-wise. Yes. With uh, the Dallas Cowboys going on to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl 30. Correct. Even after, it, that, even, uh, even after that atrocious whatever the hell happened uh, uh, in that game in um, Philadelphia when pretty much, you know, uh, Barry Switzer was trying to lose the game by calling the same play twice because he's dumb as a box of rocks. Um, uh, what, did, what are you doing, Kevin? I think Kevin just pulled a Barry Switzer right there. Why'd you do that, Kevin? Terrible. Always issues with the Dungeon of Doom. No wonder they can never take Hogan out. But guess what? Now we're going to have Randy Savage and Lex Luger Scott. Now I'm excited. Yes. Oh, that's a great slam right there. The golden spike. The golden spike. The golden spike in his boot. Yeah, probably. Ah! Do not know what the deal was there. Someone messed up on the finish. Kind of sounds like it. Golden Spike. I guess Kevin missed his cue to get into the ring. Oh, we're going to go back to Mean Gene. Oh! How young he looks. Oh, my God.
Wow. He looks so young. <laughs> and he goes on to be a staple for 30 years. Pretty much. Yep. Ooh, you've got to be kidding me. I'll hold the microphone. That is the oddest outfit that 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 uh, the giant has on right now. That is the most ridiculous motor outfit. I guess it, maybe it is. I don't know if that's the proper outfit you wear to a monster truck show. It's like a it's like a ludicrous flak jacket. Yeah, to protect you like from flames or whatever. That is that is crazy. I gotta say this, Scott. When I saw the giant for the first time in 1985, I'm not gonna lie. That guy was like, when you see him, like it's like, damn, that guy is freaking tall. Yes, totally. Oh, here we go. This is the big tag team matchup. It's Arn and Pillman against uh, Sting and Ric Flair. And of course, remember, Scott, the previous month we had the big Ric Flair, Arn Anderson singles match at Fall Brawl. At Fall Brawl, which was, which is on my uh, GNWA, GWCW uh, top 100 matches of all time list. Uh, Flair and Arn from uh, Fall Brawl 95. So, oh, there's my boy with his Troy jersey. There he is. There's my boy. I love those Cowboys jerseys with the star on the shoulder. They were nice. Uh, they are a reminder of when they lost that 94 NFC Championship. Oh. And I don't know if we actually wore them again, but um, they might have got- worn them in 95. Remember Barry getting pissed on the sideline over something? Yeah. Well, they fell behind 21 nothing, and they almost came back and won the game. They lost 38-28. So here is Sting. 95 was a big Sting red and orange year. He wore a lot of red and orange, although I guess it's because it's Halloween. He's wearing, you know, Halloween color. Yeah. I gotta say, is there, like, never a time where Sting didn't wear anything, like, not great because every time you see Sting, it's like any outfit he wears, it's like it's automatically great. Yes, I agree. And you can start to actually see that that uh, Sting stopped, uh, decided to stop dyeing his hair. So you can start seeing the dark roots. Yeah, and of course, uh, Scott, since we last did our last show, um, we're getting. Uh, close to the end from Sting's career because as we now know uh, next year at AEW, at AEW Revolution Sting will have his final match correct that is correct 
uh, we eventually see him. Of course, Ric Flair recently uh, made his debut in AEW. He did. He showed up to. I mean, he's not going to do anything. I, I seriously no. But he's a free agent. He's a he's. A, and the one thing about the um, the WWF Legends deals is that uh, they are um, they're very flexible, so they can go and do other stuff. It's not like a regular, you know, like a single like a deal where a guy could go into yeah. or something like that. So yeah, it's like yeah, do whatever you want to do. We don't care. Yeah, pretty not pretty much. Um. So, uh, this is probably the longest match. This is the long, yes, this is the longest match of the night at 1709. Right now, Sting wrestling, in essence, a handicap match. I mean, let's be honest. Flair is not in the ring yet. Don't we all kind of know what's going to happen? I mean, come on. I think even Helen Keller can see this coming, Scott. Yeah, it's just, I mean, this is just dreadful. I mean, even, is, St- even Sting knew, oh, you're probably going to turn on me, Rick. Pretty much. Okay, so while we have this uh, long match, I figure, why don't we uh, talk about the top 10 movies of this week okay. in 1985? Sure. Okay, so number 10 is uh, Never Talk to Strangers with uh, Rebecca De Mornay and Antonio Banderas. I think this was uh, its uh, opening week. Uh, I remember that number, movie. Yeah. Number nine, we got another Antonio Banderas movie. Assassins with Sly. With Sly. Good movie. Good movie. Uh, number eight, How to Make an American Quilt with uh, Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Number seven, we have Three Wishes. That's a, a Patrick Sweezy movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, n- number six, Seven. Oh, sick movie. Good horror movie, oh. but twisted. Oh, the tw- oh what, what an amazing twist it was. What's in the yes. box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, you yeah. don't want to know what's in the box, bro. You don't want to know what's in the box. That proves... Like it especially ages well that Kevin Spacey is a sick man. He is a sick man. Little do we realize how sick. But but uh, yeah, crazy good horror movie though. If you haven't seen it, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, quite good. Uh, number five, now and then. I think uh, Melanie Griffith, Rosie O'Donnell. I, I forget who well, else is in that movie. Uh, number four, I think Copycat with Sigourney Weaver and Sigourney uh, Weaver and John Lithgow. I think right. Yeah, think? Holly Hunter. Yep. Holly Hunter, good movie. Uh, number three, Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love Eddie, but that movie's not good. No. <laughs> number two, Powder. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. That's Jeff awful. Goldblum was in that, I think. Yeah, that's awful. But number one in the second week, Get Shorty. Wow. Not a bad movie. Yeah. The John Travolta uh, comeback continues there. Yep. Yep. It's uh, a solid movie. Yeah. But uh, also, I want to mention another movie wasn't in the top ten, but uh, was in its second week at number fifteen. Mall Rats. Oh, good movie. Oh yeah, because I like that film made like no money at the box office. I think it wasn't until that was like one of those movies where once it got to home video, 
like VHS. That's when it took off. I mean, that was right. like that was like Kevin Smith's big follow up to Clerks. Yes. Yep. And a dynamite cast. I think Jason Lee, um, Shannon Doherty, obviously, a young Ben Affleck. I mean, uh, I got the, uh, you know, since I always like to talk about my physical media. About two years ago, I got the Arrow Video Special Edition Blu-ray. And the highlight of that Blu-ray, Scott, is it actually has the hilarious TV edit of Mallrats. Oh, yeah, I got to get that. I got to get that. One of my favorite moments from that TV edit of Mallrats, because the uh, scene where Jay says, where he knocks out the two guys, all it took was a fat, chronic blunt gets edited to, all it took was a fat karate punch. Oh, God. That's dreadful. And clearly the guy dubbing Jay does not make any attempt to sound like Jason Muse. No. Oh, nice slingshot to Brian there. Yep. This has actually been a fun little handicap match. Sting has uh, done, you know, the Sting yeoman work. And, of course, with Brian, we got to mention, this is like the very beginnings of the uh, the loose cannon character. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Oh, Brian Pullman was so awesome. He really was. Oof. These guys doing the uh, yeoman's work on this pay-per-view. Working a handicap match. Crazy. Oh, wide oh. shot, and here comes Rick, who's not even dressed. Oh. Oh, notice, though, I'm not touching, uh, well, Arn and Pillman, not touching them. Just lightly, ta- now, oh, he's taking the shirt off. Oh, he's got a big-ass bandage on his head. Wrestling in his in his slacks. Well, let's face it. If you're a Ric Flair, it's like, eh, I'll wrestle in slacks. I don't care. I'll wear my $1,000 alligator shoes. <laughs> you know? With his terrible haircut. Oh, yeah, that was a bad haircut at this time. That was a very bad flairish haircut right there. Maybe Rick was psyched when he found out the Panthers won in overtime. Maybe that's what got him out. He's like, oh, I'm yes. going to come out for this match. Oh, Panthers got to win, baby. Woo! Go, Kerry Collins. And now Arn and Pillman are working Sting over and uh, Flair just kind of, you know, wooing and standing around and. (laughs) They're kind of angry there, uh, Rick, but, uh, you know, uh, 
Oh. <laughs> now you see if Jesse were here, he'd be screaming, that's a disqualification with the shoe. Yes. According to Tony, a $1,200 shoe. Or Bobby. Oh, up goes the knees. Ah. Ow, my balls. <laughs> Flair is like just totally coked up right now. Well, like I said, Scott, he's pumped over the Panthers win. So he's like, yeah. He he had, he had his Kerry Collins jersey off. <laughs> Oh. God, Flair's acting like such a lunatic. Maybe it's a Sam Mills jersey. Are Sam Mills <laughs> on the Panthers at this point? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I let me look. I got Wikipedia. I didn't think I was giving Wikipedia searching Sam Mills, but <laughs> trying to figure who all who are on the '95 Panthers. So, uh, Sam Mills would, yeah, yeah, this would be his first season. So here we go. Yeah, because he was with New Orleans. I forgot he was with the Philly Stars in the USFL. Sam Mills. Oh yeah. R.I.P. Sam Mills. Yes. Very sad. Oh, Arn with Sting in the abdominal stretch. Okay, while we're looking, I got to see how many points Justin Herbert scored for me in fantasy tonight. So. <laughs> it's 37 Chargers, 30 to 7 uh, LA. Oh, so. oh, oh he, I got 59 points from Justin Herbert. And I'm still Jesus. probably I'm still probably gonna lose my matchup. Wow, my, that's to, very points to, heavy. To my own brother, no less. Ugh. Oh, this this probably explains why Austin Eckler has is who I'm playing against with my brother's team has 32 points. So. Oh. Jeez. Oh wow. They are totally working Sting over. Has not gotten Flair into the match. Still working him over. How many years have you been working in WCW, Bobby? You should know Sting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Savage Luger, Monster Tracks, a title match. We're almost there. Still working him over. It has been a well, in terms of psychology, a well-done match because it just seems very convenient that Flair just keeps falling a, a few inches short of helping Sting out. But no one's really catching on. Although at this point, you probably should.
I don't know if there was much uh, tension involved with uh, with uh, Pillman and backstage yet, you know, and his slowing unpredictability. Sting fighting back here. Sting's getting very frustrating, though. He's not tagging in. Now, that was interesting. Why would Arn give up the pin and not let Flair hit him? Interesting. Mm. Mm. Now, Flying Brian working the legs. I feel like this match is longer than 17 minutes. Maybe it just feels like his Flair came in late and this match has been going on for about 10 minutes since. <laughs> Working the legs. Sting's a mess. Oh, yeah, all his face paint's now off. Yep. Uh. But he has been dominated in this match. I gotta say, Rick has been the highlight of this match. Just standing on the side. Just totally flipping out like a coke fiend on the uh, on the apron. Totally flipping out. I'm here, buddy. I'm here, just not here enough. Bear hug. Now trying to go for the submission. Sting just Sting's just taking like I, I don't. I mean I don't remember this as well as I thought, but I did not remember Sting taking this much of a shit kicking. But it obviously fits with the uh, with the story because he's pretty much wrestled alone uh, through the whole match. <laughs> Jesus frick! Oh my god! It's like he's doing a UTEP two step. What are you, Tim Hardaway? Up, up, up. Nope. Grant Hill show him some dance moves. Like exactly. Still working it. Still working it. Throwing in the <laughs> towel. Uh, throwing in the towel. Here we go. An opening. Oh, a double noggin knocker. Double noggin knocker.
Crowds looks you know, trying to get into it. And he gets the tag. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, God, it only took it, it only took merely like six seconds. <laughs> oh, my God. I think uh, Sting's mouth's busted open. Oh. Flair rips the fake bandage oh. off. Come on. Come on, Nick and Randy. Do something, you jackass. Yeah, come on, Pee Wee. So, big shock here. Ric Flair returns. Well, I guess he was kind of. I guess he was a heel because it, it technically really he was a heel against Arn. So this whole month has been a little kind of flaky anyway. But the the long and short of it is, the heels are back. Um, to where they belong. The four horsemen, well, three of them anyway, are together. And the uh, Flair, fourth Arn, one, Pillman yeah, Flair, and so. yeah, Flair and Oren and Pillman. Yeah, they the horsemen are back, and well, the fourth one who joins, uh, we don't talk about him. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, depends. Um, so Mean Gene is now out on the uh out on the stage. I love Gene. He's still stealing the hot one. There is oh, Road Warrior Hawk without his, with a very young Mike Tanay. Yeah. And, of course, Mike Tanay, uh should mention him and Don West recently got uh, inducted in the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Correct. It was uh, last weekend at Bound for Glory. Him, uh, Mike Tanay, Don West, and uh, Tracy Brooks all went in. Now we go to school. Wow, Arn literally caught that uh, Coke cup with his chest. All you bloodthirsty fans out there asked for this. Now you got it. Deal with it. Reunited and it, and feels, it feels so good. Nothing beats some peaches in here. Good quote, Rick. 
Doug Dillinger. What is the condition of Sting right now? I don't know. Doug Dillinger's in terrible shape. He's old and he's fat. So why are we asking Doug Dillinger? <laughs> why would oh. the head of security be an old fat man? I just never understood that in the history of uh, WCW. Why would your head of security be an old fat man that anybody could kick the shit out of? Seriously. It's funny, Tony asks, so all that, like, kicking and fighting last month at Fall Brawl, was that just all a ruse? Very different. But I always said that this was kind of the, the very different thing between WWF and WCW is that, that the announcers take a minute to kind of reset things after every match. So, speaking of Mike Tanay, God, that's 25 years ago, and he looked 50, 60 years old there. Um, Mike Tanay is interviewing Lex Luger. Luger will be taking on Randy Savage later uh, in the evening. As a matter of fact, maybe it's next. No, it's not next. We got, uh, oh, we got, uh, oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Luger. Oh, he has it now. Oh, he's still feeling the effects of that spike. Mm. Now, of course, Lex Luger has been with the company uh, back with WCW for, you know, a couple of months now after being the first defection from the start of Nitro. Good little promo here by Luger. Trying to establish himself at the top of the ladder, wanting and referencing the WCW world title. Back to the announcers. I feel like it's just a lot of a lot of like stalling fluff. Yeah. They gotta get ready for those monster trucks. Yeah, I feel like there's way too much uh way too much talking here. Oh, I think we're gonna get the backstory here and coming up. Oh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have Eric Bischoff and the guy who built the trucks. Hmm. 
Yeah, Bobby feels the same way about Hulk Hogan that I do about Tom Brady. <laughs> Little do we realize that in about, what, seven months' time, Bobby would be right. <laughs> and that's what makes the whole thing, like, the whole whose side is he on make so important. Because it's like, Bobby's never had any reason to trust Hogan. So it's like, it's completely in character. Oh, yeah, I remember. He's supposed to be the son of Andre. It's not hot! It's ridiculous. (laughs) This is so stupid. It's so. When they used to say that Hogan was his, uh, that uh, he was Andre's son. Oh, here it is. Here's the giant going to run over Hogan's motorcycle. Get the hell out of there. Oh, he broke his neck. Now I'm going to make an even bigger monster truck, brother. A bigger and stronger, more powerful monster truck being Gene. But don't give that motorcycle to those stupid people. I need mine. Why do those stupid nobody people need a motorcycle? Brother. (laughs) This is so stupid. Oh, he's going to confront the giant. Oh, this is so great. Oh, there's a woman with a cane. It turns out to be Kevin Sullivan. And then they're shaving off the mustache. <laughs> and then, what is this, God? He's in black? He's in black with his burgundy boots? The fans were stunned. Look at the Zodiac on top of that truck. (laughs) And then last week, the master told of a plan of insurance for Halloween Havoc. I'm telling you. (laughs) Oh, there it is. The Yeti. And the giant was choke slamming everybody. Oh man! Oh wait, the the ice just broke. A mummy. What's a mummy doing on a block of ice? <laughs> but, oh man, they're gonna they're welding those trucks for the first time ever. We got machine against machine. And they're going to control this. And look at that. They're going to morph into a man against man. And Hogan looks so much younger without his mustache. 1995 was just such a weird fucking bizarro wrestling year. It was so bizarre, but so awesome. Oh. It's easy, baby. 
and this old guy. Oh my god. I th- I think he's the guy that designed Bigfoot. But I could be wrong on that. No, I think he is. So Bigfoot, that was like one impressive monster truck. So I can understand why they decided to have this guy for this. Because like the kids probably they all loved monster trucks in the nineties. Oh, totally. Hoss. All right. This see, like this is a waste. Yeah. Like we want to see them fight on the on the roof. We want to see the monster trucks. Come on. Oh. Hmm. Oh, let's do it. Here we go, Scott. Oh, there we go. Come on, Doug Dillinger. You're so tough. You're a fat old man trying to hold back two guys who could absolutely destroy you. I did the like hell? Hogan's. I did like Hogan's monster truck with the arms coming out of it. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Truck has to be completely out. Yes. That's okay. so it's kind of like sumo where the two guys wrestle out of the circle. The two trucks have to be have to battle and go out of the circle. Yeah. I'm glad they got the Marines on loan for this match to provide security for Doug Dillinger. Yeah, really, because Doug Dillinger couldn't protect children. I do like Hogan's front bumper is the world title belt. That is oh, actually pretty cool. That is sweet. That is pretty cool. Imagine those cars going by being like, what the fuck is that on the roof? Oh, my God, a truck just fell. Ah, don't worry about it. I think it's rigged. All right, never mind. Let's go to the Red Wing game. Who are they playing tonight? Uh, I think they're playing the Devils. So now they're welding the trucks together. Now I gotta say, Scott, how come we do not have this more often? Sumo monster <laughs> truck matches. This should have been a thing, like everywhere. Could you imagine a Bloodline uh, sumo truck? You'd probably be pretty. Well, they are. I mean, they are Samoan, so it actually be pretty cool. I think that would be great. A Roman Reigns sumo truck. Or like a Kevin Owens sumo truck. Yep. A Co- Cody Rhodes sumo. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are watching history, Scott. We absolutely are. This is what you wanted, fans. When you voted for this show on our on this month's episode of WrestleTracks, you wanted this. Oh, and of course the Yeti, but oh, oh yeah, there are charges around these. Uh, what what do you call those things, Scott? Uh, cones. Cones, yeah. The road cones, yes. The road cones. cones. Yeah. Yeah, there's like charges, like it's like it's this explosion out of a video game or something, something out of like something like out of Mutant League football. You 
stay in the wrong spot and your player dies. The Dungeon of Doom. The ground is a bit wet. It has been uh, consistently drizzling in Detroit over the past couple of days. And I believe that I believe Tony has said on uh, what happened when that this took this t- was taped the night before. So correct. Yep. Just for those that may not be watching or just listening to us, Hogan's. Uh, monster truck is yellow, of course. Uh, it's got two arms coming out of the sides, and the front bumper is the world title belt. The giant's truck is white. It says Dungeon of Doom, and the back is ribs, I think. It's supposed to be. Are those supposed to be Tyrod Taylor's ribs, Scott? <laughs> well, if they are, they're about to be smacked. Oh, He's no. taken out by Tommy DeVito's ribs so he can play. Oh, oh, oh. We did get a little bit. The giant did get pushed outside, but not oh. the whole car. Oh. Oh, now Hogan's in a bad position. Oh, now we're spinning again. I cannot believe they wasted time on this. I can't believe they wasted pay per view time on this. This is this is ludicrous. Can you imagine someone? I probably you know I was a stupid kid. I probably would have asked my parents to pay money for this. Oh, totally. I agree. Luckily, we knew somebody who had a cheater box. Yeah, well, if you had a cheater box, that's pretty good. We are still battling here. Now the Giants in control. Now it's stopped. Now Hogan's in control. And now it's stopped. And now the Giants in control. And he's, oh, he's taking some momentum and he's pushing Hogan towards the cones. An explosion. But the whole bumper, nope, Hogan oh. fought back. He survived. Oh, thank thank he looks, God. He looks like he's uh he looks like he's driving a, in a tuxedo. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. He looks, looks like, like he, a tuxedo. Looks like he's going to a wedding after this. Exactly. He's driving the monster truck to the uh Uncle Elmer wedding. Um <laughs> still I didn't really I, I don't remember this being this long, but um Still battling. Two 11,000 pound, 1,500 horsepower trucks. trucks. Man, this is history, Scott. This is history, Greg. You have gotten your wish. We here at the PTB Wrestling Network are doing monster trucks. I'm, I'm so. This is. Uh, people are going to remember, Scott. I mean, it's been almost 30 years, but I bet 100 years from now, people will remember this forever. Oh, wait. He did it. Hulk has won this sumo match. He pushed through. Yay. Oh, no, the giant is pissed. Save that energy, giant. You have a match later on tonight. Wait, what? What what are you doing, giant? Oh, no, Doug. Where the where the hell is Dillinger? Oh, he's asleep again. Oh my! 
No, guys, no, don't go on the roof, guys. Don't do that. Well, come on, come on, guys. Slow down. Slow down, guys. Come on, so Dillinger, do something, you fat no. fuck. Do something. Come on. Guys, get a hold of yourselves. You got a match coming up. Get off the roof, guys. <gasps> Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, no, Scott. Oh, my God. Doug Dillinger, you fat fuck. Where were you? Oh, no. Hulk Hogan has just committed murder on pay-per-view, Scott. <laughs> We're all witnesses to a murder. And now we're taking a look at the water. Like, I don't know why we're looking at the water. I guess it's yeah, supposed I don't either. To... Were we just under a highway? What the fuck? And Bobby's like, I can't believe this crap. He's probably thinking, why couldn't the giant push him over? Well, Bob, you need to leave. (laughs) Oh, now finally they got security on the roof. Literally, they were choking each other for about six minutes, like four minutes on that, on that, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? On the sill there, and nobody came. Well, the famous part we just uh, saw, Bobby asked Bischoff, did he land on the street side of the water? Is like... Yeah, you got like a parking lot and whatever. What difference does it make? And Bobby's yeah. like, whatever. Mm. Well, Scott, I don't know how we're gonna go through this. I mean, we're we're not gonna have a main event, Scott. We're not. This is gonna be our main event. Yeah, the total is- package, Lex Luger taking on the Macho Man, Randy Savage, in what many consider maybe a number one contenders match. Yeah. Everyone's in shock. This is crazy. Doug Dillinger was late. Doug Dillinger fell asleep and he caused his laziness caused the man to die. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely I think people not. are demanding refunds right now, Scott, that we're not going to have a title <laughs> match. Well, it wouldn't be. it's not the first time, and it most certainly wouldn't be the last time <laughs> that, that fans of a WCW show would ask for a refund. We look, we, we shoot ahead three years for when they really wanted a refund. By the way, one of the tombstones says Elvis lives on it. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. We don't know who the baby face is. I think they both are. Yeah, technically both are still baby faces, so it's like whatever. As Bobby would say, whatever. Look that at that guy what? rocking the that guy rocking the Chris Spielman jersey. Oh yeah, Chris Spielman. I actually pulled uh 
two Chris Spielman cards and two packs of junk wax during a taping of it was the thing on TV last week. So speaking of wax packs, Mr. Deaner, um, as uh, for those that know me personally and saw my Facebook, I uh, spent the weekend uh, up in Cooperstown, New York, at the birthplace of America's pastime. And I went to numerous uh, like little memorabilia shops up and down the main street and they were selling vintage like 82 Donruss wax packs, 86 oh. tops. Um, unfortunately, the packs were 20 bucks. But uh, but uh, uh, I was saying to my I was saying to uh, my other buddy and uh, Dr. G was with our crew. And I said. Uh, I said, you think the gum's still good? No. Like, oh, the gum is most definitely still good. <laughs> oh, Luger looking for a handshake. Oh, friendly so handshake. Kick the fucking shit out of him. Yeah. Come on, Macho, put it there. Oh. But yes, it's selling wax packs. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I actually got. You know what? I gotta say, the best baseball set, in my opinion, just personally, tops eighty-seven with the wood grain. Love it. I have the whole set and I collected, not bought. I collected it. And uh, and uh, they had a um, in the Hall of Fame. There's you can make personalized. You can make your own baseball card and they give you they put your face on five different classic tops cards. And one of them was 87. So my face and my name is I'll have to send it to you. My face and my name is on an 87 tops card. It's pretty cool. Good. My brother, my brother, like. He has a ton of signed cards. He, he's like, I want to get wants to get as many signed eighty seven tops as possible. So like last year, I got like, I think last year there was a signing out in Nassau County at a, at a mall around Christmas time. I got Doc Gooden, Howard Johnson, Wally Backman, Bobby nice. Ocha, uh, for, I forget who else. I forget. Who, oh, Mookie. I got them all on each oh, nice. tops. Yeah, and I got a photo op of all of them. It was great. Nice. But uh, while we're uh, watching this match, Jimmy Hart has come to ringside, and I guess he's got to—he's got to tell Nick Patrick, "Man, you're not gonna believe the crap I saw." Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why Jimmy's out here. I guess to tell. Nick Patrick, we're not going to have a mean event, I guess. This is going to be headline, Scott, tomorrow morning all over the world. That the giant fell to his death on the roof of Cobalt Hall. That's right. And Hulk Hogan has committed murder. Well, he did say, we all know what a man with black gloves and a do-rag can do, so. Mm. That is true. What has happened to the giant? I love how distraught Bobby is. At least they, they, I will say this. They did a good job of setting this show up. So if this was the main event, it's not entirely the worst thing in the world.
Oh. Oh, those kids were sure pumped by that. <laughs> oh. It's been a good, pretty good little brawl. What the hell, Tony? We saw a man die, and your first reaction to is like, well, wasn't that sumo match incredible? Like, what the hell? Incredible of death. Jimmy. Jimmy, I know you want to tell Nick the dudes that we're not going to have a main event, but come on. This is not the right time, dude. One, two, three, four, five. Nick, come on, do your job. What are you, the hell are you doing? Oh, oh no, Jimmy got knocked the F out. One, two. Savage wins. Well, I guess that's a pretty lackluster main event, but. Yeah. Uh, I. Savage does get the win, whether whatever that means. <laughs> what the heck are they doing in that truck? Are they drinking? Macho just tore up a sign that said Macho Lex can't beat you and Macho Man was like F that I just beat him (laughs) oh and he held the trunks no one noticed that uh, from my ang- from our angle, I didn't I didn't think he did. Oh. Well, yeah. I guess uh, we're gonna fade out. Yeah, I guess this. Is, I guess we're gonna have to end this. I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is so we uh, we thank you for uh, listening. Uh, this wait a minute. Huh. Bobby and uh, and uh, Tony are talking, saying we're going to go outside. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, the uh, show's over, guys. We, yeah. Our number one contender's uh, dead. Yeah. He's, just saying. He's sleeping with the fishes, literally. Oh, Bobby just walked out. Walked out on Tony, so Tony's sitting there alone. Um, nothing yet on the Giant. So, show up. I mean, I... Or if he, we don't know if he's going to show up or if he's in the river. <laughs> oh, Bobby came back. So we're not sure what our deal is yeah. here. Yeah. It's kind of a mess. 
This is 1995, and we have phones, walkie-talkie communication. We can talk to astronauts on the moon. We can find out what's going on 50 feet from this building. I need answers now. <laughs> we have phones. Oh, yeah, this is very personal for Bobby. Oh, now we're gonna re we're gonna re oh yeah we're gonna recap this tragic event that has just happened. So we're recapping what happened earlier. Oh my god! Hogan won the monster truck sumo. The giant is pissed, and now he in his weird looking straight jacket outfit. Um, he goes after Hogan. And Doug Dillinger, he, he, I guess he decided to eat some donuts or something. Yeah, seriously. How do you not stop these guys while they're this close to the ledge? Jesus, Dillinger, you fat, lazy shit. What are you doing? The giant literally looks like he's got, like, a straitjacket on. Or it's a like one of those heat flak jackets like Kane would wear. Oh, 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 oh. I love that Hulk tried to catch him. Like, what was that gonna do? Like, grab onto his leg or something. Hogan's like, I better get the fuck out of here and go back to the WWF before I go to jail. <laughs> then we see the shot of the water again. Looking like something just disturbed it. Wow. Bobby thinks communication skills are piss poor in this company. See, Bobby, if this was 20 years from now, you can look everything up on your cell phone. But they wouldn't have been able to milk these last, like, seven minutes. Yeah, I know. Unless unless we find out that Doug Dillinger is eating another peanut butter and banana sandwich. <laughs> Elvis lives. You don't care, okay. Tony. You could care less. <laughs> It could be. <laughs> the Tony Nod. It could be. Uh, yeah, it's it's a sad situation. People, anybody have a walkie-talkie? <laughs> this is a sad situation, Scott. We just saw a murder on a live pay-per-view, and I guess now we're gonna. I guess now we're gonna go to the ring with Michael Buffer. And here's where WWE, WCW like wasted money. We don't have a match. And here's Michael Buffer to say something anyway. Well, Michael needs to get that paycheck for saying, let's get ready to rumble. So. Sanctioned by the WCW and the Michigan State Athletic Commission for the WCW Heavyweight Championship of the World. 
Coming to the ring at this time, let's welcome the challenger. What? He's from the... Hearing like a buffer say he's from the Dungeon of Doom. It weighs 450 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait, there's been a change. I'm sorry. Coming down to the ring, the man who just murdered the giant in front of everybody. And where's his accomplice? Donut eating Doug Dillinger. <laughs> the king of Hulkmania. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. What is this crowd doing? You're cheering a guy who just murdered somebody, guys. But you don't understand. He has no mustache. He must defend the honor of his facial hair. Oh, my. Well, yeah, stealing WrestleMania 7 poster. Come on, simmer down, guys. I got to explain my story before the cops arrest me. What just happened out there, brothers, is that it's this is almost like a like Hogan's already a heel. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, yeah. Well, Scott, this is it. I can't believe we're not going to have a match tonight. Nope, we're not. Doug Dill- wait, 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 what? what? Wait, what? Why? Why are we hearing the? Wait, whoa, whoa, what? What? Oh my God, Scott! He survived. How did this happen? And Doug Dillinger's not going to jail for being an accessory to murder. I love how Bubba was like, "Fuck that! I'm getting the mic. Let's get ready to rumble." Oh my! This is kind of crazy. This is nuts. The giant has survived death. Did like he was there like a magic portal that sent him back to the dungeon of doom? He was re- he was resurrected by the wizard. Oh, that explains it. Oh, yeah, they might have been layers to that roof. Okay. Oh, he's alive. <laughs> Bobby just said he hopes Giant throws Hogan off the roof now. <laughs> Giant's like, what the fuck? Oh, oh, I see. Hogan's got the... The Taskmaster Devil Horns. And that's why the giant was like, huh? Oh, it's the dark side of the Hulkster. Oh, my God. This looks so ridiculous. This really does look ridiculous. I almost forgot. How Hogan looked with no facial hair on. It's just so bizarre. Oh, yeah. Sick. Like, 
he really needed that mustache. And you know, when he became Hollywood Hogan, that beard kind of like helped him too. It offset the mustache. It always looked good. Even if he sharpied it. Of course, in case those don't know, Hulk Hogan found the giant Paul White down at a bar in Tampa. Hasn't the, I think prior to this, had the giant wrestled like, I think maybe like four or five matches on the indies or something? Probably. I'm assuming you went to the power plant for a little bit. But it's like, this is the very beginning of someone who would have, like, a great run in WCW. Totally. And then go on to uh, WWE and have even more success there. Correct. And also, whenever I think of the Giant, I always think of the uh, the Nintendo 64 game, uh, WCW NWO World Tour with him and Hogan on the cover. Yes, I had that game. I had it for PlayStation. Oh, my. He's working them. And even like this early on, it's like he is terrifying in that. He really is. I mean, he's he's an he was an amazing specimen and very uh, unique. Um, I can't believe Hogan actually wrestled in that outfit. Well, we saw Ric Flair wrestle in those ridiculous pants. That's true. This has been the a heel night slacks. Of... Heel slacks. The heel slacks. Damn it, brother! The sharpie on my forehead's making me lightheaded. Oh, no. He's too strong, Scott. Too strong. Hey, Scott, what do you think Jimmy was telling Nick Patrick earlier? What was that crap about? Hmm. I don't know what that was about. I don't either. We already had one heel turn tonight as... Although one of the least predictable, yeah, uh, um, most predictable switches ever, yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair turned on Sting. Yeah, I'm sure we're not going to have another heel turn tonight, Scott. Nah, I doubt it. No, I don't think anyone would be that stupid to do that. Much less two. Yeah, imagine, imagine how crazy that would be.
Oh. Oof, that elbow could have given him a concussion. <laughs> yeah, I dropped it. I got to say, big, uh, I almost said big show. Uh, Giant uh, definitely kind of like knew his limitations, knew what his strengths were, and rolled with them. But he was very, very agile. Oh, in that, that, in that that's, a, that's one hell of a leg drop there. It really is. Oh, this crowd's going insane now. He's fighting it. Hogan's fighting it. Oh. Pushed Pee Wee back a little bit. Get out of there, Pee Wee. I gotta do my ten punches. Six, seven, eight. Oh, on the bite. Uh, ah! He needs a back scratching now. Ugh. Oh, there it is. That was predictable. I totally saw that coming. What's a Hogan match without some epic back scratches? Come on, Hulkster. Scratch that back, baby. Hmm. Battling. Oh, gives the the clothesline. Oh man. I tell you, Greg, I don't think we'll ever see Hogan wear black again. Yeah, I don't think so. This is just a phase. It's a phase. Clothesline him out of the ring. Now that should be a disqualification. This match should be over by Bill Yes, Watson. I agree. And even the giant agrees. It's like, well, F it. I'm going to go home. Damn it, Hulk. You should have let him walk out. More troll than it's worth. Like, do we? Do you really want to be an accessory and try to commit a murder again? My foot, he fell off the roof. Yeah, I agree, Bobby. He was definitely shoved off that roof. Now they're just throwing themselves at each other. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And now an eye poke. More back scratching. Imagine all the kids at school tomorrow saying to people on the playground, yeah, that was sure crazy last night. Hulk Hogan almost murdered somebody on a roof. <laughs> yep. And Hulk, Hulk selling that backbreaker like death. Oh. Yeah, not good strategy there by the giant. You should have gone yeah. after go after the neck.
But I mean, the Giants so distraught. He almost died tonight, Scott. So he did. And the first person he attacked when he was resurrected was Doug Dillinger by sticking his head in a jar of jelly. Yeah, I bet you Abraham Lincoln, when he was NWA world champion, never had something as bizarre as dealing with a monster truck match 20 minutes before his match. Yes. John Wilkes Booth pushed him off the top of Cobo Hall. This bear hug seems like it's about 20 minutes long. (laughs) They both look like they're smiling. Man, I thought later tonight would be like one of the most gayest things I'd ever see in this match. Down with a slam. Oh, God. Oh, she back, couldn't champ. Back to the bear hug. Oh, yeah. Eight years ago at at Pontiac, they all thought Andre was too strong. Yeah. We can't say what it is legally, but you all know. You know, wink, wink. Now. Oh, my God, this bear hug. Uh, oh. This is the Super Bowl of main events. <laughs> this is like the NBA playoffs. <laughs> oh. Oh, a good choke slam, actually. First, first choke slam of many. Yep. Oh, thank God. Well, it's over. Cover him, Paul. One. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. Shucking and jiving. But.
Oh, he's back, baby. Shaking, shaking. <gasps> you. One, two, three. Uh, oh. Oh, well, oh, oh, is he going to do it? He's got, yeah, he's going to slam him. You just do it, Hulk. Stop. Do it already. Okay, there you. There it is. I saw his eight. I don't know. Try to do the same angle as uh, Mania. Yeah, it didn't work as well. Uh, wait, what just well, happened, Scott? I don't know. Like, well, Jimmy Hart's over there, but the referee is now out. What happened? Did he magic? Did Randy Anderson have a heart attack or something? Did Doug Gillinger trip and slip on a jelly stain? Jimmy's like, what? What, did you, what happened? Jimmy's like, I don't know. I don't know, baby. I don't know what happened. He just like tripped and fell or something. Hmm. Okay, well. No, he got hit. No, okay. Yeah, they have been phone cups all night, Bob. Hey, wait, wait. What? Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no, Scud. <gasps> Jimmy Hart. Jimmy, how could a... you? Oh. What a good bear hug. Imagine if somebody gave him a double bear hug. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be well, that, crazy. That would be nuts, Scott. But fake, I don't think that's going to happen. That would be nuts. I don't know. Jimmy Hart's waving somebody down. They're waving some. Who is it? I don't uh, understand. It's Luger and Savage. Wait, what? why would they? Huh? Wait. Oh, Luke, oh, Jimmy hit Savage with a belt. What is and, this? And the Yeti! The Yeti! And oh, oh, no, Scott. Lex Luger's just turned. What is going on here? He just attacked Savage. Oh, my. This is... And then here comes the Yeti. And now what? we're going to... um, <laughs> Yeah, whatever that is. What in the hell is going on to who's on whose side? Yeah, that's exactly my thought, Tony. Who's on whose team here? All I'm worried about is Hulk Hogan is getting molested. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I just dry up the Hulkster. Now what am I going to do here? So, so now there's, so now after tonight, WCW has like 342 heels and six baby faces. We we saw like attempted murder. We've seen like dry humping gay sex. Oh yep. wait! Oh oh, the giants! Oh the Yetis doing the same with Savage. Savage. Well, so now it's like ah, uh, forget that. It's this is a fun party. <laughs> this is a. You will never see a pay per view like this again. Oh, you damn right, Bobby. Uh, no, and we hope not to. So, we have no idea what's going on. Oh. All these heels are happy. We still don't know what the hell the deal is. For some dumb reason, the giant 
takes the belt. Oh. Um, I guess it was a DQ. Yes. The giant won by disqualification, yeah. but the belt <laughs> cannot change hands. Except Jimmy Hart apparently, well, we'll find that out the next night. That Jimmy Hart put in the in the contract that it can change hands on a DQ, but that gets a little the waters get a little muddier and uh things get kind of weird. Did you say something about a bedpan? <laughs> yeah. That's what Doug Dillinger's using right now. Uh, anyway. Oh, the Yeti's so happy. He dry humped the Hulkster. He dry humped the whole kitten caboodle. Oh. While we are watching the recap of the end here, I want to thank everyone for joining us uh, for this fun little uh, sojourn through WCW history. Terrible belt shot there by Jimmy, but it is Jimmy. So... While we are seeing the recap of whatever the hell just happened here, uh, we're letting everyone know that for the month of November, starting on Monday, November 6th, so next Monday, um, we'll be putting a poll up on the Place to Be uh, Facebook page, Facebook group, to vote for our November Wrestle Tracks. Now, unlike the past two months where we have had three choices, this month, we're only going to have two. And, uh, Greg, why don't you explain to everyone why we're going to have only two choices for November? Okay, well, on It Was a Thing on TV, as we do on the podcast every year, we cover the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade from a certain year. So our first year, we started in 1983. Then we went to 1984, 1985, and 2021. Last year, we did 1986. So for this year, we're covering the 1987 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, of course, that Thanksgiving night, we had Sturcade 1987 and Survivor Series 1987. So in tandem with that, we're going to have in our poll your choice of either Sturcade 1987 or Survivor Series 1987. Correct. So... Starting on, if you're listening to this on Halloween, starting next Monday, this coming Monday, November 6th, for a full week, for a full week, so from Monday, November 6th to Monday, November 13th, we will have the poll up, and you've got a full seven days to vote on which show you'd like us to do in the month of November, Starcade 87 or Survivor Series 87. In, in concert with the guys doing the 87 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We will not watch the Cowboys lose in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings on that Thanksgiving Day. I remember that game very, very well. Um, the Cowboys lost 44-38. Uh, so we're not doing that. But we will do either Starkid 87 or Survivor Series 87. The choice is yours. So that poll will drop. On Monday, November 6th, and stay up until the following Monday, November 13th. And you will have this, and that episode will drop on Thanksgiving, which will be November 24th? 3rd? Uh, yeah, 23rd. November 23rd. 
and we will do that for you. So we hope you enjoyed tonight. We, it was kind of wonky and crazy because that's what this, this show's all about. And we are so happy that you voted for this one, which is a little different. So, uh, Greg, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you can find Greg on Twitter at. Oh, well, no, you you cannot find me on Twitter because I don't I, I'm not on Twitter anymore. So obviously follow oh. the craziness. But you can find my podcast. It was a thing on TV on Instagram and threads over at it was a thing on TV. So. All right, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott C. Podfather, but you can follow the brand on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling, and we do uh, polls, not this poll, and we do um, uh, the wrestling time travel and all sorts of stuff. So check that stuff out at, uh, at PTBN Wrestling. Have a wonderful Halloween. Enjoy your month of November, and don't forget to vote. And we will talk to you Thanksgiving on the Wrestle Tracks. Peace.